Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus the Twins. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, Steve would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome in. It's a Sox sweep here on Sox on Tap. Johnny Nani alongside Tony Marchese, and we are discussing a White Sox 4-2 victory in the finale over the Minnesota Twins. Tony, victory beers. It's time. Let's go crack them, baby. Victory beers, crack them. Johnny, the uh, the White Sox Budweiser Rally Edition is here. It's finally here. I just opened them today. What a day to open these puppies up and uh, enjoy a White Sox victory. Sweeping the Twins. Johnny, best record in baseball. Uh, The White Sox are here, man, and it is a great feeling. Yeah, the White Sox are here. It's a great feeling. And uh, speaking about feelings here, you you had said something before we jumped on. I want you to start on this here, uh, initial thought here, and that is that this team just has something different. It's a different mojo. It's a different vibe. Elaborate on that for me. Yeah, you know what, Johnny? Um, it, it, I think it's early to say this, but uh, you can start to feel something about this team over this last stretch, and I feel like we've we've kind of had that feeling around this team, maybe since Rodon through the no hitter. Um, but there just seems to be a little bit of I don't know what it is. Maybe some magic. Maybe some some good vibes around this team. That there there just is something different about this White Sox team as you watch this season unfold. It seemed like today um, they didn't have their best stuff. They didn't have their best lineup. They didn't have – Lance Lynn didn't have his best stuff. Uh, There were errors that were made. There were jams that they were able to get out of. They seemed almost as if they were being carried by an external force through the woods into safety – as they, you know, came through with this sweep of the Minnesota Twins, Johnny, there is just something about this team. I don't know what it is yet, but I, I, I have that feeling, Johnny. I'm, I'm getting bought in here. So it's, uh, you know, it, you either get it or you don't. And if you don't get it, and I have to explain what it is to you, then you just don't get it. I think right. that's what you're getting at here. Yep. <laughs> so that, that, that's uh, that, that's where we're at here. And, yeah, I agree, just different vibe uh, surrounding the whole team here because this is a game that in past years the White Sox absolutely would have lost uh, due to the errors and kind of like the, you know, everything that can go wrong will go wrong at some point. Um, and they were able to negate that uh, with, with some, you know, timely, some solid pitching performances, uh, especially Garrett Crochet out of the bullpen. We'll get to him, um, you know, some timely offense, a little pinch hit action from Yerman Mercedes to get the insurance run in uh, Billy Hamilton, some great defense out in center field. So uh, we'll elaborate uh, on all these points, but before we do a little housekeeping here, make sure you are going to on tap for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on Twitter at socks on tap and at on tap sports uh, And if you're looking for white, Sox merchandise, make sure you go into Grandstand to get that. Uh, you can visit them online and shop there at GrandstandSox.com as well as following them on social media at Grandstand Sox. So, Tony, the, like I mentioned, 4-2 to two winner here today. This is Season 3, Episode 33. I can't think of a more appropriate uh, pitcher to start this game than Lance Lynn. What would you like from him today? Johnny, Lance Lynn can pitch out of 
anything. This guy's got just balls of steel, man. Like he he was in two consecutive innings uh, with the bases loaded, uh, two outs, and was able to get out of some jams today. Um, the emotion on the mound is absolutely cool and tough. Um, he defines cool and tough uh, when he's out there with the ball. Johnny, he is he is just such an anchor in this rotation. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, did the Lance Lynn trade make sense? You're giving up Dane Dunning, you're giving up a young kid who's going to have, in my opinion, a very successful major league career uh, for a guy like Lance Lynn on a one-year deal. But man, he is a monster on the mound, able to pitch around uh, errors, able to pitch around uh, you know, his own doing, giving up some hits, able to pitch around catcher's interference calls. Nothing can stop him today. Um, you know, he brings some of that it to this White Sox team. Uh, he is the guy, fear the beard, Johnny. Like, I, I, man, he is – I'd have him go in game one in any playoff series, Johnny. That's that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally there uh, alongside uh, with you uh, on Lancelin there. Uh, if we were starting today, uh, a playoff series, definitely uh, Lancelin. Game one for me. But anyway, today uh, in this game here against the uh, Minnesota Twins, Lynn goes five, two hits, uh, one run. It was not earned. Uh, three walks, nine strikeouts, kind of quietly. I like how Jason and uh, Steve kind of mentioned that. It's kind of like quietly Lancelin goes about his business there. Yes. Um, but obviously the last one, extremely Thunderous uh, finished out at 111 pitches, I believe 71 or so were for strikes. So uh, damn solid outing, gutsy, ballsy. That, that's the words I'm using to describe Lance Lynn's outing today because it wasn't pretty. There was, you know, you had Jake Lamb at first base. That's a point that we're going to get into right now. And he's starting at first base, batting second. And sure, he did hit a home run. So that, that is one redeeming quality. Um, I put out the uh, gif of that Alonzo morning with the kind of like, you know, shaking his head and then oh, oh, like that. That's that's what Jake Lamb was, at least to start today, because he missed a ball that he absolutely should have caught. And then even on Lance Lynn's air, um, it was a ball over there that I think Pito gets, uh, you know, nine times out of 10. And uh, Jake Lamb, obviously just a little inexperienced over there or rusty, whatever it may be. Yeah, Johnny, I did not really uh, – I didn't really like the Jake Lamb starting at first base uh, thing today. I don't think anybody did. Um, you know, plenty of uh, plenty of question marks there, especially with Andrew Vaughn uh, on your roster. Uh, you probably could have slotted him in at first base for a game that's his natural position. But I, I do think that the White Sox uh, really like what they see from Vaughn out in, in left, uh, which gives you – Jake Lamb at first base on days when Jose Abreu is not there. Kind of surprising that we didn't see Yasmani Grandal uh, either. Uh, you know, he's he's been uh, – Until late. Not yeah. Until late. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm talking, you know, starting the game. But yeah. um, for for all intents and purposes, you know, Tony LaRusso was able to get the home run out of Jake Lamb. The defensive play, if anybody's not at first base, that it, that is not named Jose Abreu has been suspect so far this year. Um, and – I think that just really makes you appreciate what you saw at Jose Abreu last night watching Jake Lamb try and handle first base, which uh, isn't exactly, in most baseball uh, opinions, the most difficult position to play. You can kind of get away with some subpar defense there. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, you saw, like you mentioned, Lamb today and then Yerman uh, playing a game at Cleveland there. Um, yeah, just some rough stuff, and it really does make you appreciate what you saw. Out of Jose Abreu, like you had mentioned there, uh, some really stellar plays uh, on both pop-ups, picks, and diving stops uh, all uh, within that Wednesday night game. So, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of one of the other ones here that we were starting off with Jake Lamb there. Uh, he did have the home run. We'll get into all the scoring and how this worked out. Um, but, hey, uh, let's throw some praise uh, on Mr. Tony LaRusa here, Hall of Fame baseball person he is um showing it lately uh man some of uh, you know a lot of defensive replacements today uh keeping that intact uh and then he also had the Yerman pinch hit call uh in the eighth obviously always looks great when it works out so you know yeah. Yerman could have struck out there and you know maybe they still would have won obviously because the score still end up being three two but that gives you some breathing room there um and i think you know with as harshly criticized he has been widely um the, like i mentioned we were on tuesday we might be one of the only few to give it to him. So uh, let's, let's keep some praise on our Hall of Fame manager here, Tony. Yeah, and uh, Frank Thomas uh, on the postgame show uh, was was giving Tony LaRusso some praise as well uh, for the lineup, the defensive replacements, uh, just the way he handled everything today. Uh, and, you know, it, it's really easy to pile on the manager uh, when a team loses a game, Johnny, and there is a clear play that, uh, you know, a fan doesn't agree with. It's, it's really easy to go there. Uh, we've done it before. We're not going to sit here and say that we haven't, uh, and we will continue to do that uh, in the future. But you know, when when a team wins, um, there's there's really uh, not many opportunities, or nor is it the first thing that you go to to say, "Hey, the manager uh, stayed out of the way today. He got the job done. He made the right calls, going to the right people." I think uh, maybe one blemish on this is trying to go to Ruiz in the eighth inning today. Uh, he corrected himself and I think that uh fair to fair to try and go to Jose Ruiz who's been kind of nails uh lately in some lower leverage situations but you know uh not everybody's going to be perfect Johnny no human is uh Tony Russa made the switch right away to go to Liam Hendricks I, I think it was a beautifully managed game from Tony Russa today so uh I'll, I'll hop on that praise train cheers yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely solid uh, from him uh, for the most part today uh, outside of, I would agree, Ruiz, but we'll get to there when we're talking more bullpen here. Uh, last one is LOL at the Twins here. Uh, man, uh, they now, you you put this out on Twitter, imagine having a worse record than the Tigers. Uh, the Twins are now 12 and 23 after today, and the Tigers are 13 and 24. So yeah, sure. Um, so a little more uh, games played there for uh, those Detroit Tigers, but still, this pushes the Twins 10 games back. And Tony, what I say on Tuesday coming into the series, what, you know, we got this series, then obviously Kansas City over the weekend, and then we go up to Minnesota um, to start next week. And what did I say? We need to make this gap as mathematically wide as humanly possible. Um, and this is a great start. This is the ideal start. This is the perfect start to that. Yeah, you got to kick them when they're down, Johnny. You got to kick them when they're down. And, you know, that's that's one of my favorite sayings, kick them when they're down. New ACDC song came out, uh, was that last summer? Uh, you know, just I love beating the Minnesota Twins right here. I said it yesterday, too. Um, I hope the White Sox continue to torment them for the next decade, and they have the ability to do so. Minnesota looks like it's falling apart. Now, they're still a good baseball team, though, Johnny. You've said it yourself, too. This is the type of baseball team that is going to come out sometime in June, July, and put up some put up some runs, go on a little run themselves, and potentially get themselves right back into this thing. Teams have erased, you know, you know, twelve game deficits over the course of a baseball season uh, just by getting hot at the right time. So these games are extra important to create that separation to give yourself some breathing room. 
think of the season as, you know, given the, the starting pitcher just a little bit of extra room to work with. Uh, you see these guys when they've got some run support, it's got to feel the same way for the entire team walking into a game knowing you're up in the, in the central division by three, four, five, six games and 10 games over a team like the Minnesota twins right now, you separate yourselves from the pack and you start to insulate that lead. And that's only going to lead to good things. Yeah. It's of utmost importance because I'm telling you right now, the Minnesota twins are too talented to not go on a run and flip a switch. And they are also dealing with some injuries themselves. Everyone likes to cry poor us about the white Sox, And rightfully so those are two big bats, two big producers out of our lineup in Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. But don't forget Byron Buxton's out for them. Uh, they got their top prospect to uh, the outfielder uh, that had just come up and, you know, he is projected to do big things uh, also dealing with an injury there. So uh, they are not, um, you know, completely clean uh, on the IL sheet as well. So uh, I just want to stress the importance uh, of, yes. you know, winning these games and why we need to do it now and kick them all. They're down in the title of this episode. So I, I predicted on Tuesday said I wanted to be doing this on uh, Thursday and doing it. And here we are on Thursday. Yes, we are. Tony, let's get into scoring here right off the bat. Boom. Straw that stirs a drink. Tim Anderson, first pitch from Pineda goes boom, deep left field. Uh, this felt great. Johnny leading off the game with a home run is cool and tough. No, no questions about it. Sets us, sets the tone, sets the tone right there. Tim Anderson. I love him in the leadoff spot. He can get on base. He can do that. He can, he can go deep on you. It's just multifaceted threats all across the board from Tim Anderson. We've seen him do this before. He does it again today. And how important is that run early in this game with, with how many jams and, and just different twists and turns uh, to just start the game off for Tim Anderson with that bomb? Oh, it, dude, it, it's absolutely huge. You set the tone. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we, we mean, Steve, like though we say, straw that stirs a drink for Tim Anderson. That is an NWI Steve ism there. Um, but it, it's very applicable and you just see it. And even if he's not hitting a leadoff home run, if, he, if he's getting, you know, multi hit, he was the only guy in the lineup, I believe, to record multi hit performance today. So um, it, it's just huge. And he's the heart of this team, too. It's it's beyond the obviously on the paper and on the field, the, you know, the at the time, the, the hit, the run, the whatever it may be. Uh, it's the end energy spark too it's the emotion behind it and he gets the boys going in the dugout and you see him uh they're all they're all embracing after a big hit especially after that yearman mercedes uh insurance one that we'll get to uh later on in the eighth but um it's just huge it's huge it can't be understated uh just like the importance of winning these games uh, against twins and obviously Mm -hmm. timmy had the right attitude to be fired up uh, enough to lead the boys to a victory and get it going off on the right foot so as we move into the bottom of the third here uh this was after you know uh, luckily nothing came out of it um, for the White Sox uh, with his error in the top of the third, but he did make it was a very, it should have gotten Lancelin out of the inning routine uh, play over to first base. And he just doesn't catch the ball. Uh, that was, you know, everybody's saying DFA lamb, DFA lamb. And I, you know, still rightfully, he can hold those opinions based on his production and whatever uh, and guys possibly coming back soon, but he does make up for it. And this would be the next scoring in the bottom of the third with a two out solo shot to make it two Oh um, at this point. So Jake lamb, like I said, it is the, uh, the, the gif uh, that I had talked about the uh, Alonzo morning. Uh, it's shaking his head on the bench and then nodding afterward. That's exactly the reaction that I got from Jake Lamb here, at least early on. You know, it, it's just perfect that he goes and hits that home run because everybody's pissed at him uh, at that point in time in the game. Um, you know, the <laughs> that's just baseball, man. Jake Lamb was 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 going to hit that home run. You could just feel it. And, and th- those are the types of things that I talk about when I say, you know, it seemed like something was was carrying the White Sox through this game. 
you're getting offensive production out of a guy that everybody's screaming at to DFA uh, right now. And, and regardless if, if Jake Lamb is or isn't, like that run was so important. Um, not that I'm going to sit here and praise Jake Lamb uh, throughout the rest of the season or anything, but you take what you can get here, Johnny. And if you're mm-hmm. going to get some offensive production out of out of Jake Lamb in a lineup and you're getting some guys some rest ahead of a doubleheader, um, that's, that's massive for this team. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it, like think about guys along the way that have been DFA'd at a later time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like there were still some big Wellington Castillo bombs before he, he was cut loose. There were still some big, uh, you know, there was a Yonder Alonso. And there was many moments, but there was. I was at the game. There was a Yonder Alonso walk off. We were, we were at the game. There was uh, a, yeah, in 2019, there was a Yonder Alonso yes. walk off. And so, yeah, I'll take it while he's still here, while he's still on the roster, because, you know, Adam Angle is still rehabbing from his, you know, injury that he had the setback from. And it, it, he got back square one, as Rakan said. Um, while we're waiting for some of these guys to come back, you take what you can get, and it's better than him striking out and whatever. So you can just go and continue to say DFA. And when that time comes, Totally warranted. Absolutely. Yep. But I will take it while it's here right now in the moment here. This was in the bottom of the third to make it 2-0. Good guys here. Um, as we go into the, uh, let's see, the bottom, of, or excuse me, top of the fourth. This is when the Twins would strike back. Uh, Larnack let off with, excuse me, he had a two-out double. Garver walks uh, and Kepler reaches on air. This is the one that hit off of Lynn. Um, and he made the throw, and like I mentioned, this is probably one that Pito catches, but either way, Lynn yeah. still gets a throwing error because it was low, um, so they credit him there for that one, and, and then uh, Larnack scored on that play because the ball did go by Jake Lamb at first. That makes it 2-1, to one. Um, and after that, still a little more adversity because Astadillo would reach on a drop third strike that Zach Collins just straight up didn't catch. Uh, granted, was high and inside, and the swing may block your view a little bit, but your catcher, you got to catch the ball. I'd say the same thing about Yasmani Grandal if he missed it too. So I'm not singling Zach Collins out here. Uh, anyone who's a catcher, that's your job, catch the ball. So that, that goes there. Either way, the, the bottom line here, Tony, is that uh, before, you know, Garlic eventually would fly out, but this is just making Lance Lynn pitch, you know, it, Pitch more pitches. That's the bottom line. And luckily, he's the tank that can work through this. Yes, he is. And and that's exactly what you want out of Lance Lynn. That's why he's here. Uh, I thought it was very impressive to see him just kind of get around some of those things. Obviously, you know, you take a comebacker. Uh, there's, a, there's a scoring play that results in, in a poor throw afterwards. Uh, but you know what? He was able to really get out of there and limit the damage. And these are innings that Johnny in the past – could just unravel on this team and, and you know that that's your ball game right there and they're they're limiting damage they're stopping the bleeding so effectively these days that they're able to just go and work through these things and a guy like Lance Lynn really again goes back sets the tone here again um mm-hmm. just with the actions on the mound yeah, and you talk about uh, you know working through things. Uh, this is not a scoring play here, but uh, a big moment in this game in the top of the fifth because Polanco reaches on a two-out double. They intentionally walk Cruz. Larnick walks after that, and Garver strikes out. Um, this was the big one here, uh, getting Mitch Garver. Um, obviously, I know there were two outs there, but the pressure is building. Lance Lynn is getting up there and pitches. He's plus 100 at this point, uh, and he is able to work through that, and he had the big reaction on the mound. That was huge. The turnaround. He knows where the camera is. I love it. Yeah. Around the center field, and he does you know the big pump, the woo. We saw Pitching Ninja do the previous one from uh, the home opener after the final out, the woo uh, side by side with Rick Flair. He did a little bit of that today too, and this would be the end of his day. Uh, but a huge uh, out there, and I put our friends over at Bears on Tap a reference to them. Uh, he put his meat on the table for this one, Tony. Yes, he did, Johnny. That's a that's a wonderful 
wonderful way of saying it. His meat was was squarely on the table this entire start. Uh, he, like I said, battled through a bunch of stuff. The Just the energy that he brings to the ballpark, Johnny, I think, is another thing that uh, can't be understated as well. You know me. I, I love me some Lance Lynn. I've, I've been all about him ever since the trade went down. Um, I was huge on him just because of the innings eating ability. And then obviously uh, this is a, you know, product of that uh, when you're talking about emotional boost for the team uh, at this point. It's obviously a big spot uh, just, you know, on the field and in the scoreboard to get out of this without any damage. Um but also uh, injecting some life because, you know, we've seen some reactions from Giolito. Um, we've seen some reactions from other guys. Obviously, Liam Hendricks, a very animated guy out of the bullpen uh, to do this kind of stuff. But a guy like Dylan Cease, you're not getting that out of. And that's not, nothing against him because that's his personality. He's, he's not like that. He's very, you know, uh, calm, collected. Yes. He's very about the mental, you know, uh, you know, uh, is he, he's into yoga. So he's all about the Zen, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, Zen. the, the, the feng yeah. shui of, yeah. of everything. I don't know what the, the term is not a yoga guy. Either way, you're not getting that from uh, Dylan Cease type here, but Lance Lynn does that, injects some life both into the White Sox dugout and into the crowd uh, as well. So let's move on to more scoring plays because more runs equals more fun, Tony. And the White Sox would add on in the bottom of the six uh, after a couple of walks to Moncada and Abreu. Uh, Eaton sacked them over to second and third. And Andrew Vaughn, man, after his hit hitting his first home run, feeling good today, uh, ropes a uh, RBI single to left field to make it 3-1 Southsiders here. Johnny, Andrew Vaughn, I love this. I love what we're getting out of him. And I'll be the, one of the first people to say that I did not expect him to be this effective by by May, by mid-May. I, I thought there was going to be some struggles. Johnny, we've, we've discussed this before. When's the last time we've seen a White Sox player just come up and, and – and, just succeed at the major league level right away. I mean, we've, we've watched Yoan Moncada go through his struggles. We watched Eloy Jimenez go through his, even Luis Roberts gone through his struggles. Andrew Vaughn really hasn't had a, a struggle, so to speak. I mean, the, the at-bats have been limited to start, uh, but he's been hitting the ball fairly consistently. It hasn't been atrocious that we've like an atrocious display. Like we've seen from some of these young guys. And this is a guy that, that never played double A, triple A baseball came sh- basically straight out of college, went through the pandemic year on a taxi squad. Didn't really have much seasoning um, and is up here at the major league level. And he just looks completely comfortable. I think, you know, with home runs down across the league overall as a whole, that's probably affected Andrew Vaughn as well. And whatever mm-hmm. they're doing with the ball, some of the stuff he's, he's made some really solid contact and, and just of late, he started to pick it up and turn it on. And I don't think that this is anywhere near the levels of production that you can expect out of him. Once he really settles into the major leagues, Johnny, when you see it last night, you see it today. Um, things are clicking for him, and he's seeing the ball really well. He's, he's his, his swing looks absolutely flawless, um, and this is what you're going to get. He's going to start to drive in a good amount of runs here, and, and I really like him down in the 6-7 spot, Johnny. I think that, that that suits him perfectly, not a lot of pressure on him, but, man, he's another one of these bats in the lineup that could easily develop into a 3-4-5 guy over the course of the next few years, and this thing is going to be just continuously dangerous. I think that that's what, like, despite if you look out of this season, you go look some of these names, and Andrew Vaughn's right there as a guy that's just going to be a force in the middle of this lineup for time to come. 
It, it's exciting to think about as a White Sox fan. It it's got to be, it's it's, gotta be scary as any team, any other team in the league, especially the AL Central, since they'll be seeing him most frequently. So two factors, though, that I want to uh, mention about Andrew Vaughn there. Um, one is that it just speaks to uh, the sky's limit uh, for his bat, and there's a reason why he was the top-graded uh, bat in, in his 2019 draft class. Uh, there's a reason why the hit tool is so you know highly regarded and widely spoken about among uh, prospects, uh, writers, and uh, analysts uh, all like. And then uh, it also, there's insulation in the lineup too. That's a yes. beautiful thing. You talk about him sitting in that sixth, seventh role, whatever, that adds some thunder. That's like a, yeah, I think long-term everybody knows that Andrew Vaughn's going to be one of your meat of the order, three, four, five guys, um, wherever he slots in, depending is on who though? else is around him. Yeah, there, there you go. Who else yeah. is around? Is he though? Like, I mean, he could be your six, seven guy. And oh, holy shit, and, put up and, 25 bombs plus. And, that's that's even better for the White Sox, but I think you know uh, in the end he, he absolutely could be, and he has a potential too. And I think he can make his statement. He could go on a tear and have a unbelievable season. That just you know you, you can't keep him out of those situ- you know that uh, spot in the lineup there right. uh, where he forces the issue to be there. And maybe you're moving someone else down a little bit for maybe Luis Robert gets the bump a little bit down. So you want the speed a little bit lower, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't have. Don't a you love ball having options? It's great. It's great. Don't you love having here. options? Like yeah. for once, like for like that's so White Sox. Like we've got problems now that are you know built on too many guys trying to do to, to, that are just good. And you've got like I even look at this, John. You got Jake Berger down in Triple A, three three days in a row hitting bombs. Like if if this guy takes off, here's another guy that you're gonna have in consideration for playing time in the next two years with another solid bat high draft pick. And I hope that that continues too, but you know, just having that type of, of system where you've got guys that are forcing the issue a little bit uh, that puts pressure on the guys up in the big league camp. I don't think Andrew Vaughn ever wants to lose his spot here. He should never have to go back down to the minor leagues. And that's gotta be on his mind as a player. You know, this mm-hmm. first time up in the big leagues, he's got to make an impression. He's got to do this. It's, there's a lot of pressure on him. And then you start, you know, now with AAA baseball is going, there's there's going to be moves that are going to be made here eventually. And as long as Andrew Vaughn stays healthy and that swing stays the same, I can see Andrew Vaughn just staying up in the major leagues the rest of his career. And I hope that that's the case. Yeah, I, I hope it absolutely is too. Uh, you know, you would love to have that kind of thunder uh, there, especially if he's only getting going here too. That's the scary part, uh, like I mentioned, for the rest of the AL Central and the rest of the league. So um, let's move on to another kind of pivotal moment in this game. Uh, and this would come in the top of the seventh. Uh, and this was Donaldson gets a one out walk. Um, and then, he advances a second on a wild pitch. Uh, Polanco walks after that on four pitches. This is with Garrett Crochet in the game. But, hey, uh, talk about nasty sliders. Uh, Garrett Crochet breaking the glass on the Crave case there. Break out the sliders, baby. And he gets both Nelson Cruz and Larnack to strike out on some nasty sliders here. Talk about Garrett Crochet a little bit. I just absolutely fucking love seeing Nelson Cruz strike out. There's, there's no better visual in, in White Sox versus Twins baseball than – Nelson Cruz just taking a nasty slider and, and going down and grabbing some pine. I love it. Uh, and Garrett Crochet, I, I, I love what he did on the mound today. Um, you know, that that pitch sequence where I believe it was to Cruz. He went to the slide step for two pitches and then comes back with the high leg kick uh, and the slider to put him away. I thought that that was just pitching perfection from another kid who basically came straight out of college right up to the White Sox big leagues. You know, th- this team is full of a lot of guys, Johnny, who are – 
are, are rookies and, and very unseasoned and they're, they're doing their job. And Garrett Crochet is another one of these guys. Uh, I know we saw him last year. The velocity is still a tick down from where it was before, but this is going to be a full season of baseball for Garrett Crochet. When you're still pumping 98, 99, uh, and you've got that nasty slider with that frame that he has, that thing looks absolutely fucking unhittable. Um, you know, dude, he's just freezing people with that thing right now. Um, and it's good to see him look right. I know there were some questions earlier on in the year. Today was probably, I think, one of his most impressive performances so far on the season. Really loved what I saw out of him. Uh, he is just, you know, just another weapon out of that bullpen that I don't, and opposing hitters do not want to face Garrett Crochet. Yeah, no, I mean, stuff is just imposing. The figure, the frame is just imposing itself, being that tall, uh, having that kind of leg kick, that action. You can go to that slide step, as you had mentioned earlier, uh, like he was trying to deceive Cruz a little bit, and obviously worked out uh, with the sliders there that end up putting him and then uh, the next guy um, away to, uh, to end that inning and end that little threat there uh, that was in the top of the seventh. So let's move on here to the top of the eighth, uh, and this is where the Twins would get within one uh, with a Max Kepler one out solo home run. Um, and after that, there was a little bit of, uh, yeah, you know, is Jose Ruiz in the game, Astudillo singles, garlic singles, uh, Raya's uh, lines out to center. And that was is after, so Liam Hendricks comes in after that point, uh, you know, he talked about, you know, on the broadcast, uh, putting Ruiz, uh, are you going to, you know, can I trust you here? Obviously not at that point yet. I think his role is still kind of in the bigger, uh, wider margin run games, but either way, this is a test here. And there's a good move by Tony LaRusso to go and get to Hendricks at this point, uh, recording mm-hmm. the five out safe here eventually is what it would be. But he, uh, you know, we, we need to give Billy Hamilton some props here because this is a great running catch and the speed makes this happen, uh, right, right in front of the catch sign. Yeah, Johnny, there was there was so much that Billy Hamilton has done this series. And, you know, today, two amazing catches in the outfield. Uh, the one with the catch, the other one running into into left field, just absolute full-on sprint. Um, he, he really came to play today. I think he's come to play this whole series. He's making a name for himself on the south side of Chicago. Um, everybody loves Billy Hamilton right now. Um, and he's another one of these guys, Johnny, that, you know, he's just a piece. He's not somebody that when he was brought here, any of us were extremely ecstatic about, thought that he was going to be anything more than a pinch runner. Um, In this series, you're getting stuff out of Billy Hamilton. Your positive return on investment already from Billy Hamilton. I think that that's an awesome thing for the White Sox because everything else that you get from here, if he could be a solid piece to – you know, kind of fill that gap till you get Adam Engel back or potentially Luis Robert later on in the year. Um, you know, that's that's awesome. And I love, love, love the defense out of Billy Hamilton this afternoon. It was just, you know, he, he probably saved the game for the White Sox overall uh, between those two plays right there. And, man, I mean, that that's, again, I, I just keep going back to how fun this team is to watch, and there's just there's something about it. Yeah, so that was out number two with this Billy Hamilton catch in uh, the top of the eighth inning. I'm not going to let you get into this next one, Tony. Uh, it was a pop-up um, between Tim Anderson, Yoan Mankata. Timmy called it off. Yoan didn't get out of the way in enough time, but either way, Tim Anderson still makes a catch because I know um, you'll go on a little rant here and we need to move on, but either way, they did have a play earlier in the game uh, where, where they did figure it out down the line. Uh, this one, yeah, get the fuck out of the way. That, that's just the bottom line. Guy calls it, get the fuck out of the way if you're not him, especially Tim Anderson being the captain of the shortstop. We don't need to elaborate on it because it's just simple baseball rules that you're taught from fucking Mustang on. 
just get out of the way if the guy in center, you know, outfield center fielder as the precedence and in the infield, it's a shortstop. So that is all that needs to be said about that. They got the final out though. This would leave it at three, two. And we go into, um, the bottom of the eighth here, and this is where uh, we would get this Yerm insurance, Tony, uh, because Bray hits a one-out single uh, after an eat and strikeout. Vaughn Walk, uh, Mercedes is called upon to the, be a pinch hitter by Tony Larusa, and he comes up clutch in the spot, uh, hitting for Collins in that spot, uh, makes it four-two sacks with the rope of an RBI single, and uh, this would be all the scoring in this game. Garcia would strike out to end this frame, but hey. Great call by Tony Russo to pinch it here. Great job by Yerman to execute in this spot. Um, and the boys were hyped after this one. You saw it in the dugout. You saw it in their videos, the reaction, all of that afterward. Um, and uh, Yerman Insurance, we got a new, uh, we got a new uh, uh, Sox on tap stick here, Tony. Love it, Johnny. Absolutely love it. And uh, I, I really don't have much else to add to that one. Uh, great move from Larusa to go to Yerman. Great on Yerman to just continue to keep doing what he's doing. And you had that insurance run for Hendricks. That's I mean, that's big. Yeah. Uh, last point to add on is that, that he bat flipped it too, as he was running down the line. Um, that was great. Uh, I love to see the energy, uh, the fire from this team. Uh, he bat flipped that thing. Cause he knew he hit it hard and he knew it was a huge run uh, for the mm-hmm. boys in the spot to give us a little bit of extra comfort going into the ninth. Um, and that is where Liam Hendricks would shut down a one, two, three inning after a little bit of, you know, kind of that liner out to left, uh, Billy Hamilton had to make a really nice play on it. And then we had the pop-up, not Hendricks fault at all, uh, in the eighth, but either way, the one, two, three shuts him down here. Big reaction too from Liam Hendricks. Gotta love the energy he brings. Love the energy he brings, Johnny. And uh, I, I can talk about it every single time he takes the mound. Uh, I've noticed something over the past few days. He's starting to whip himself. Um, I don't know if it's on his hind leg or on his ass right before he, he starts pitching or if he gets down uh, in counts and stuff. Just, I mean, he's treating himself like a, like a workhorse here. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's absolutely impressive to see. I mean, closers, yeah. we all, we all know that they've got their, their superstitions and everything. And, um, I, I just I love watching Liam Hendricks pitch. I think of Jason Hosking every time this guy's on the mound. Oh, there's a great video too that Iowa Sox took uh, of Jason Hosking with the "Let's Go Liam" uh, the chant there uh, when they're sitting in the seats uh, together there. So I, lo- I love that one too. I also do think of our guy Aussie Sox fan Jason Hosking every time um, that Liam Hendricks does uh, you know do something like that and shows the emotion there. Um, another factor you'd mentioned. Uh, you know, he kind of whips himself into shape there too. I'm sure it's all mental process, uh, but also his wife, shout out to Liam Hendricks wife for, uh, uh, he said he could hear her yelling from the stands and she said something along the lines of don't suck. So that, that was, that's huge. That's huge. You know, sometimes you just need that motivation. <laughs> I don't know anything else to say there. Um, yet, Hey, Give the wife some credit, telling your husband not to suck out there. I think that's important because um, you know if he if he if he did suck, uh, that was going to be a long ride home from the ballpark, Johnny. Yeah, uh, most definitely here. So uh, wrapping this one up once again, White Sox win four to two, sweep the Minnesota Twins here Thursday, May thirteenth, as we're recording this. Uh, uh, that's six in a row for these White Sox, best record in all of baseball. Plummets the Twins to fifth final last place in the central they are now 10 games back of our beloved white Sox here so that wraps up this one i think we did a good job of that tony let's look ahead because we got a four game weekend set 
uh, with a doubleheader coming up on Friday. Uh, 2 10 start for game one, 7 10 start tentatively for game two. Um, and this will be a split doubleheader. Um, so if you got tickets, make sure you have separate ones uh, because this is not a uh, straight doubleheader. So uh, you will be required to filter out of the ballpark and come back in. Um, that is just a setup for this one. But either way, we got Brad Keller, Lucas Giolito, game one, Igab Yunus, and Michael Kopech in game two. Uh, let's talk game one here real quick. Uh, Lucas Giolito um, kind of been underwhelming so to say for his standards here so far uh but obviously the stuff is still there uh he is still a uh, former all-star uh, he was still up in Cy Young voting last year um mm-hmm. I said he's gonna flip a switch at some point here and really turn into that guy and that just makes this rotation even scarier because you see the work that they've done so far with the lowest ERA among starting pitchers uh, yada yada all the stats you can go and read them off but um I think this could be a game for Lucas Julio to go and do that especially in a seven inning effort uh he'd go the full distance in this one yeah, and I think that this is a perfect uh, setup for Lucas Giolito in the doubleheader. Although I hate I hate these seven inning games, especially um, when you have a split, Johnny. I think that that you should be able to get two nine inning baseball games in in a day. Uh, two o'clock, seven o'clock. Let's go nine. Let's not do this seven inning stuff. But although I do think it benefits Lucas Giolito on the mound tomorrow, um, you're right. He should be able to get through those seven as long as he starts cruising. Let's keep that pitch count low through the first three innings and give give himself an opportunity to do that. He's got such great stuff. He's going to be able to, to you know, face a baseball team that is just absolutely beaten and battered. The Royals are coming in losing the last 11 baseball games. They're coming up against Lucas Giolito. This should be a win. This should be a win, Johnny, but let's not take anything for granted no. here. If you're the White Sox, you just got to handle your business like you have every single other day along their winning streak. Um, go out here. You just swept these guys. It's fresh in their memory. They're going to be coming out here wanting to, to you know, get off the schneid. So I expect a good effort out of the Royals, especially in game one here. Um, they know it's a short game, too. They're, they're working underneath the same conditions. All they got to do is get on top, chase Lucas Giolito out of this one. Um, the White Sox have, have not had an off day in a little bit here. The bullpen is a little bit worked. Uh, you got Liam Hendricks, who just went uh, for that five-out save today. Um, so it'll be interesting to see with the doubleheader tomorrow um, how they utilize him. Uh, I really hope that we get what you just said there, Johnny, a nice seven inning Lucas Giolito, keep him under five hits. Don't walk anybody, maybe give up one if you're going to do that. Um, but I, I want to see a clean game out of him. And I think he needs it. Number one, just to, to write the ship for himself. And number two, like this, this is sort of feels a little bit like a trap game to me. Game one against the Royals tomorrow. I don't know. Oh, you know. it, it, it definitely does, too. I agree, Tony. I could totally see uh, game one being a loss and game two being a win. But um, also, I do need to throw this in here from we were talking about energy, momentum, uh, you know, kind of mojo in the dugout, all that. What more do you need than Brad Keller starting and Tim Anderson leading off against him? You don't. You don't. And the, and the White Sox, they they don't like the Royals, the players. That's that's you know, you can tell you can tell that there's still some a little bit of bad blood there. You could tell that there's uh you know, the White Sox came out and they kicked the, the Minnesota Twins ass. You know, they don't like them. You know, they don't like the Kansas City Royals. They don't like anybody in the division. And Tim Anderson today on the postgame show, you know, talking about putting a whooping uh, on the Minnesota Twins. I want to see him put a whoop them. I, I want to see a whooping on the Kansas City Royals again because it, it's right here for you. You talk about building separation in the division, Johnny. Here it is. Here's the opportunity. You've got two teams that are down. You just got to play a long stretch of baseball against them. You're hot. Just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. And Lucas Giolito, if he, if he is the ace of this team, 
You should come out tomorrow and, and just shove it right down their fucking throats. You talk about kicking people when they're down. They're down. So kick them. Yeah. Continue. Don't <laughs> stop. Royals no mercy. The, no the, mercy. No, no mercy. Kick them while they're down. The Royals are down bad, too. Like you'd mentioned, 11. Uh, three of those coming uh, at the hands of the White Sox. Obviously, that weekend sweep uh, in KC uh, over the Mother's Day holiday. So uh, let's get into game two a little bit here. Michael Kopech named uh, the game two starter by uh, Tony LaRusa. No surprise here among White Sox fans. Uh, he has been the spot start guy, has been very effective in both of his two starts that he has made uh, on the season. So um, I I mean, I'm not saying he's going seven uh, like we projected for Lucas Giolito. I think that's, you know, that's off the table. I don't think that. But if you can get that, I think it's huge. If you can get Giolito to go uh, at least six uh, in that first one, that's huge. And that saves the bullpen. And you're probably looking at guys like Marshall and Bummer. for talking about guys that did not pitch today. Uh, and Ruiz has been worked three days straight. Obviously, Hendricks, the five-out save. He worked last night in the ninth as well. I uh, had to throw a little bit more because he gave up a few hits. So uh, that's kind of where I stand on this one. If Kopech can give you four solid, uh, you're looking good in this one as long as Giolito gives you a pretty uh, decent effort in game one. Yeah, a lot of this is going to hinge on Lucas Giolito's performance in game one and what you end up having to use out of the bullpen there. And hopefully – uh, that's very minimal. Um, I, I could I could definitely see a situation where you're going to Hendricks again uh, tomorrow. But remember, you got a long weekend here. Uh, it's four four games in three days. Uh, you want to be as rested as possible. I would not be surprised if Tony Russo lets Michael Kopech go out there in the fifth inning if he's cruising uh, through the first four. Again, this is the Royals. You should be able to handle this. Uh, get through it with minimal bullpen effort tomorrow. Um, at least in game one, if one of these things winds up in a bullpen game, Johnny, uh, you know, that these arms are going to start to get a little bit tired. And that's my fear uh, as we talk about the weekend as a whole, but um, man, the opportunity is right there for Michael Kopech to go out there in game two and just continue what he's done thus far um, in both the bullpen and the starting rotation and just throw another impressive performance. Uh, I, I, you said it earlier, he's that next man up for this rotation he loves these opportunities. I think he's going to continue to capitalize on them. So that's why I think you know you might you might see him for five, um, if not more, if you've got that pitch count still in the fifties, uh, sixties as we approach the uh, fifth inning. Yeah, I can totally see it there. Uh, but this, this is, you know, we talked about opportunities to step up for Giolito here and kind of right the ship uh, on his sort of course of results-wise uh, from the season. Not that the stuff has been terrible um, by any means. And then, uh, obviously, Michael Kopech, another chance to prove himself that uh, when he is, you know, totally fit with the arm to be back and a total viable contender for a rotation spot there. Uh, beyond that, guys that have been struggling in the bullpen, it's your time. Hey, Evan Marshall, like I'd mentioned, this is uh, guys that have not been as taxed uh, as of late. I believe he pitched in game uh, one of that Minnesota series, but other than that, uh, had not been worked. Uh, Aaron Bummer got up a couple times in the bullpen last night. I was monitoring the status there. Never went into the game, though, so this is time for I know Aaron Bummer has been much uh, more solid as of late, but still. Uh, t- time for these guys when they do get in because they are going to get in. Let's face it. It's just based on workload uh, as of late. So I think it's a big opportunity for these guys there as well. So um, that's all about all I got here. We'll field one question.
question here from YouTube from Corey. Uh, he says, you think the Yankees are worried about the Sox? Seems like they're destined for the ALCS. Um, I would say, and this might be a little homerism here, but the whole league is probably on notice a little bit about the White Sox. Because when you win these games and you go on streaks like this and you win you know, 20 of your last 50 or whatever the hell it is, that all the different stats and figures you can pull out of, you know, they've won so many of their last so many. Um, yeah, the teams around the league take notice because they're getting national media attention. So I would say the Yankees, yeah, certainly they are, and they had their early season struggles. So uh, they've right, uh, you know, done well to get themselves back within a game of first there uh, with Boston. I have no question that they can catch them. They're the most talented team on paper in that division. Uh, miss me with the Rays bullshit over there. Um yeah, I would say they are worried about him, but at the same time, I'm also worried about the Yankees still, too. Yeah, I, I, you, you said that perfectly. I, I love the question here, too. Uh, let's worry about getting to the ALCS. That's where I'm at. Let's win this division, uh, get through that first round of the playoffs. Yeah, it just, you know, you got to handle your business step at a time here. Uh, I love the way that Johnny answered this question. Um, I think everybody should be worried about the White Sox. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm worried about the Royals. Uh, tomorrow. So, you know, you got to worry about everybody. You just got to worry about everybody and, and handle it as it goes, Johnny. That's, I love what yeah. you said there. You got to take, take care of what's in front of you first. Cause I mean, we're not playing the Yankees. And so I know we will go out there and visit them next weekend. Uh, there will be a series out in the Bronx there. Um, but right now the, the Royals are on our mind here with a four game set, obviously doubleheader Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday games as well uh, to boot there. So, uh, and then we'll go up to Minnesota, play play these twins again too. And you don't want them to turn around against you uh, and have a flip the script scenario where they're sweeping you uh, yep. at their place. So that, that's what we're worried about here as White Sox fans. But yeah, looking down the big picture, I think everyone should be worried about the White Sox, especially given some of the production that they've gotten uh, with injuries, uh, you know, in tow. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's a long season where we're still in May. We're, we're still in mid-May, early to mid-May here. So uh, but we will talk more about that as we get down the wire here. Tony, you got any final thoughts from this one? Then we can wrap this shit up and get the hell out of here. Yeah, no, final thoughts. Uh, thanks, Corey, for the question. Uh, you know, the, the, these are live. If you put the question in, uh, we'll try and get to it as we go here. Uh, but, Johnny, uh, final thoughts. Go into this weekend and continue this winning streak. Winning is fun. Winning is cool and tough. We love winning. I love victory beers. I love talking about wins. I love watching the White Sox win. There's nothing better. That's why we do this. We enjoy it. So I'm hoping we get to continue doing this throughout the weekend. And just you know, more often throughout this season than we've done on the show for the past few years, Johnny, this has been the the best stretch of White Sox baseball that I've, I can remember in quite some time. So enjoy it. As you said to me yesterday, as you were leaving the ballpark, you got to enjoy this right now. Um, and I'm doing my damn best to enjoy every single minute of it. And all White Sox fans should be Johnny. I'll turn it over to you. We can close this thing down and then it's on to Friday, man. Yeah. You, you took a point out of my mouth and that yes, the Kansas city Royals are in my mind and, all of White Sox Nation's mind right now. Uh, but it, also, it's important to savor. Savor these moments. I'm blasting the ballpark mix after the game. I'm getting hyped up. Uh, it's a sweep of the Minnesota Twins. That's one of your biggest division rivals. So, yeah, savor this. Enjoy the victory tonight. It's Thursday night if you're listening to this. Go have some extra beers. Go and get a shot. Dude. Buy some victory shots for your uh, buddies at the bar. All yes. that good stuff. Um, crack we, yeah, crack, crack them all night. We actually, and I, I said we were going to close this thing down, but we do have one fun stuff topic to get to because this was news that broke earlier today. White Sox increasing to 60% capacity, starting with the Cardinal series, May 24th, Monday, when they come back uh, after that little Bronx trip there uh, that they will have. So um, there that, that will be a COVID uh, vaccination section that will not 
require the kind of distancing that they have currently. Um, that's just the news that came out today. Um, the only thought I got on that, Tony, is let the boys tailgate, man. If we're getting to this point, uh, let's uh, let's tailgate. I, I, I want it back in my life. Can't wait to tailgate, Johnny. I can't wait to tailgate so much that uh, most of this crew is going to be up in Milwaukee just because we know we can tailgate up in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know if you're going up there. I know I myself, uh, Matt Berklin, uh, I haven't heard from NWI Steve yet. I think he was a little bit uh, hesitant. I heard Buzz might be up there. Um, you know, Southside Ron, you know, the, the the biggest Sox fan we all know. Southside <laughs> Ron will be up there. Uh, Chris White from ONTAP Sports. Now, a lot of the ONTAP guys going up to Milwaukee to tailgate. Can't wait to do it in Lot B, though. No yeah. better place. Yeah, no better it, place to tailgate. Absolutely. So ho- hopefully that is a restriction that's lifted soon. And then also, goddamn, let me bring the bag into the ballpark. I've been doing this roundabout shit where I have uh, the kind of plastic see-through clear bag that's like a you know stadium store bag, and I bring all my stuff up if I'm going on the train or in the car, and then I put it all on, put all my layers, and hold the peanut in the water in one hand and then fold the bag up put it in my back pocket walk into the stadium and as soon as i get past the you know security people there that are scanning tickets i put all the shit back in the bag anyway just let me bring the fucking backpack in that's not spreading covid so that's all i got i know it's probably a measure for not backing up lines and distancing and all that shit but hey for uh, you know getting more capacity doing a huge bump here uh at this point um let's go and let's get some of this shit back rolling here we, just, some, we want the ballpark experience maybe, back. maybe some back. promos by the end of the year fuck yeah. what a great year to have promos uh, and the White Sox aren't able to do it just yet. Um, so hopefully uh, all of this stuff can kind of get straightened out as the summer moves forward here. It looks like we're getting a little bit more back to normal. Tony, I got my second uh, Vax tomorrow coming up. So last day of COVID for me uh, over here. So I, I can't wait to get out uh, and enjoy the full ballpark experience when we can finally get back. So that does it a little extended here, uh, but it was great to rant about the Twins, uh, you know, uh, and the uh, uh, sweep of them uh, this weekend here. Um, and uh, obviously we got a big series coming up uh, against the Royals here. Keep the momentum rolling. That's the biggest thing. So uh, for all of us here at Sox on Tap, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you are visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on Twitter at Sox on Tap and at Ontap Sportsnet. And as always, Grandstand Socks is the place to go for all your White Sox and Chicago sports merchandise. You can visit and shop online at grandstandsocks.com and follow them on social media at Grandstand Socks. So, Tony, blown way too much hot air into this mic tonight, uh, longer than we want to go on a post game, but that's all right. Uh, we're excited. We're jacked up over the series sweep of the Twins. Keep it rolling into this weekend and White Sox forever. White Sox forever. <laughs>